Welcome to the 43rd episode of Cutting Edge. I'm Landon Sturdivant, and for those of you who've been tuning in day in and day out, your support means so much, and hopefully these episodes continue to be engaging, enjoyable, and valuable to you. Any feedback, insights, commentary, or suggestions for future episodes that you may have are greatly appreciated. Today, joining me from Seattle, Washington, is Matt Rigg. Starting in 2017 with no formal training, Matt has been taking photos every day, developed a keen eye for a great shot, and has become a master of his craft over the last five years. At the end of this last October, this talented fine art and street photographer published his first picture book called Sanctuary, an ode to his hometown. So without any further ado, please welcome our guest today, Matt Rigg. How's it going, man? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to, it's good to talk to you. Of course. Uh, so have you lived in Seattle your whole life? Uh, sort of. Uh, so I grew up in Shoreline and um, I lived there until I was about 12. And my family moved up north to uh, town. I, I just refer to it generally as Stanwood, but technically it was Camano Island. But uh, then I went down back to Seattle for, for college. And then I went back up to Camano because of COVID. And then I got a job back in Seattle last year. So now I'm back in Seattle. So it, it's a lot of back and forth, but I'm here now. That's great, man. Um, so tell me like what you enjoy about kind of that area and your experience growing up in the Pacific Northwest. Oh man, the Pacific Northwest in general is just a beautiful place. I, uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Cause like I generally refer to shoreline as being like my home. Like when I think of my childhood, I think of shoreline, but you know, a lot of, um, I guess like growing up was up North. And so it's interesting being back here and being able to, uh, you know, see kind of where I'm from again. And I don't know, I'm just generally a city person. Like I either want to be in the city where there's so much noise and like stuff to do, or I want to be like out in the woods around nobody. So it's nice being able to uh, be back in the city and be uh, doing my thing down here because I mean, Washington is just so beautiful. I, it really lucked out in terms of like landscape photography, especially. I've been meaning to get out and hike and take more of those kinds of pictures because I feel like I'm putting it to waste right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I feel you like no, no place does it better than Pacific Northwest. And especially as a visual artist, I'm sure like that's just got to be like a gold mine. Totally. I, the only thing that I would change about Seattle is I would want more sun, but you know, I love, I love, I love the rain, you know, it has its time and place, but you know, maybe, maybe like a 60, 40 split instead of what we have going on right now, but I guess beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> yeah. And we probably wouldn't have like the, the amount of like awesome green vegetation that we have around here if we didn't have all that rain. So yeah, definitely. But yeah, exactly. Beggars can't be choosers when it comes to that. But um, I understand you got your first disposable cameras like around four. Was that right? I saw like your YouTube video, like your intro on photography and stuff. Was that? Is that yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly what age, but I, I know at one point I was handed disposables and surprisingly, my parents paid to get them developed because uh, I have them under my bed right now, actually, just this stack of the printed uh, photos you get from disposables. And it's just like pictures of the floor. Like there's one picture where I could even make out who the person was in it. But um, yeah, it's been it's been a long time taking pictures. <laughs> 
Yeah. So like, when did you like really start connecting with it? Cause I'm sure like, at, you know, at that age, it's, it's hard, you know, to really connect with something, but like, mm. was it that early? Um, and, and then kind of just how did that happen? Yeah. I mean, I think for the most part, it's been since then. I mean, I was always getting disposables and then after my parents got tired of buying the actual disposables, they would get me the uh, reloadable point and shoots. And then from there, I remember Christmas, I think it was 2009, I, my parents got me a DSi with built-in camera. So I was taking pictures on that. I was taking pictures on an iPod Touch. Any chance that I could get, I would steal my dad's, like, not quite like a pro DSLR, but enough of one that it was, like, cool, and he was scared for me to hold it. But um, I, yeah, I mean, it's been it's funny to think about. Yeah. It's basically been like as long as I can remember that I've been taking pictures. So. Well, that's really cool. Like what, what do you think drew you to it? What about it kind of fascinated you? I, I really couldn't tell you, honestly, it's uh, cause it was really just anything that I could take pictures of. I would, I mean, a lot of the time it was like every, every summer growing up, my parents would like, save up for one trip to it would be like a road trip and we would go to national parks we would camp in tents and stuff and so I had the opportunity to take pictures of really beautiful places and it was cool being able to like hold on to it and look back um and so it that that was mostly it it was just seeing beautiful things and being like I want to remember this just kind of like an outlet to maybe like just to being not only being able to remember it, but also just being able to say like, kind of like an expression. I think I remember you saying, mentioning that as well. Yeah. I mean, the expression part of photography didn't really kick in until a lot later when like, till I was maybe like a junior in high school or something. But before then it was just like, I, I, re I seriously don't really know where it came from. I know my grandfather was a photographer, but I never met him. So maybe it was this weird passing down, who knows. But <laughs> I, uh, um, no, I just really liked being able to look back on pictures and like remember things. I have a generally bad memory. So I think that plays a part in it. Like even just like recounting my childhood right now, it's like kind of spotty, but I can at least attest to the photos that I have, which I think is an important thing. Oh, that's really cool. I, and I definitely like can relate to that in the, in the sense that, you know, naturally drawing to something when you're that age and not really knowing where it comes from. That was me with uh, writing. Like I always mm. wrote as a kid and it, my parents thought I was like a savant because I was like not very social, but I would just be writing like telenovelas at like five years old, just like <laughs> straight up <laughs> memoirs and had like different spelling words in the rest of the class and stuff. Like I was, that was, that was, and that's kind of, transition more into just you know all kinds of media and stuff so I yeah can definitely, definitely. Uh, relate to that and I mean I liked writing too when I was a kid and I think if I were to like at the time express myself through anything that is definitely where it would go so I think like I said for a long time it was mostly just sort of like referential I guess being able to just hold on to these photos and be like this is my life you know so yeah absolutely a very special thing um, so tell me a little bit about your family, um, and like kind of how they've helped you develop as a person and, and maybe even in your photography, um, career so far. Yeah. I mean, I, 
kind of alluded to it already. Like my, my parents aren't, I wouldn't say my parents are like art lovers by any means, but they've very much been supportive of me and being interested in photography for a long time. I remember there was sort of a lull in time where I discovered video games and I was just only playing video games for, for, I think it was from like fifth grade until like the middle of high school. And there reached a point where they were like, come on, Matthew, like you got to have another hobby. You can't just be like upstairs all the time. And I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And they were like, please, like we will like, whatever you want to do, like we will help you. And I was like, okay. And eventually I was like really into movies and I wanted to make like short films and stuff and so I was like I want a camera and that's kind of how I fell into this current stint but backtracking I guess to my parents they've just very much been supportive I think a lot of it does come from I mean I think older generations are kind of spoiled with photography because it was such a special thing for them growing up because of film and all that and so they saw me being interested in it and they were very much like yes we would love you to be interested in that that is a great thing for a teenager to be doing like if you're going out and you're we don't know where you are sure take pictures of beaches be my guest but um I guess outside of that um I mean my parents they man I'm trying to think what else um Oh, oh, I know. I was trying to think. There was a point in time to where my dad, after I graduated high school, took me. uh, He was like, you could go anywhere for a weekend. Like, where do you want to go? And I went down to California and we went to the um, art museum. I think it's the LACMA. And I remember we were just like wandering through there and my dad at one point like tapped me on the shoulder and I didn't even realize. And we were like in this room full of Picassos and it was really cool just being able to like experience that with him. Like, yeah, I think one of my favorite things about my parents is that if they don't, even if they don't understand quite like, you know, your fascination with something, they're, they're just very willing to be supportive of it. Um, They, they try like sometimes I'll show them pictures and they don't quite understand like my affinity for it, but they're like, that looks nice. I'm glad you're having fun. And so I think uh, that that's been a big thing for me is having that support, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, And that's a really special relationship to have. I, I've noticed with a lot of like the artists I've talked to, they always have like a really supportive group of parents. I think it's super important when a kid's like, especially diving out of their comfort zone and, you know, maybe posting th- these things or making a picture book, which we'll get into a little bit later too. So that's, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any like particular photographers or just visual artists as a whole that like inspire you or that you kind of take after? You know, for somebody that is like as into, especially like film photography as I am, I kind of try my best to pull from artists outside of photography. Um, I mean, I would say that there are a few like, Recently, I've really gotten into Ralph Gibson. Um, he's he's a pretty old photographer right now. Um, but I think him in particular, he's definitely changed the way that I look at, I guess, what you could call fine art photography. It sounds 
incredibly pretentious and I'm very reluctant to call myself that, but I don't know what else to say. Um, and just like the way that he looks at creating books and creating exhibitions and just the way that he looks at the world, I think has really influenced me. Um, outside of him, uh, I remember, I don't know if you're familiar with Peter McKinnon on YouTube, but um, I remember it was back in, I think 2017, I stumbled upon his channel when he had like 5,000 subscribers or something. And he blew up so fast. He got like 3 million in a year or something. I don't oh, know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's one of the few photographer, like content creators that I really love because of like, his whole thing is that it's just like exciting to take pictures. Like it's fun. Like there's so many ways to look at photography. Like you could, like there are some people that really love to get into the gear and they love to talk about megapixels and all this stuff. And for him, it was just like, I just want to take cool looking pictures. And so that's what really got me into photography from the jump because I tried getting into it before, but he was kind of the like real push for me that it was like, wait, photography can be really cool. And like editing pictures can be really fun. And so um, I, I, I would probably say those two for me. Oh, that's that's awesome. And, and you mentioned that you you often like to take after people that are outside of the visual realm. Who would those people be? Oh, I am a huge Frank Ocean fan. Uh, just well, going to get go. that off from the jump. Uh, I love Boney Vare. Um, I'm I, I, I mentioned it, I think, in a video that I just posted, but I am very jealous of musicians and their ability to release albums because of how easily digestible they are and how much they can like shape it around themselves and their own life experiences and their emotions and that sort of thing. And that's what I'm trying to apply to photography because there's so many people that love to do like documentary and like street photos. Like I love taking street photos, don't get me wrong. But if I'm gonna go through the time and effort to create a book, I feel like I want it to be reflective of myself. I don't know, maybe that's self-centered, but I think, you know, all artists, their main um, differentiator is just their personality and their life experiences. And so that's something that I really enjoy about those two, like Bon Iver, Frank Ocean, totally changed the way that I look at music, art, everything, life in general. Um, I also really love, um, I, I don't know if you've seen the movie La La Land. I did not expect a musical to be my favorite movie, but the director, uh, Damien Chazelle also did Whiplash. I love him. He's a, his stuff is great. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, I mean, Really, I could go through, I, I collect records. I could probably go through half of these and say that they've all influenced me in some sort of way. Um, and I mean, there's plenty of painters and stuff, but I don't know, Frank Ocean and Bon Iver, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with those two because I love those guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I find it really interesting too, that, you know, like what you said about um, that, that they can just convey 
how they feel and how they perceive their world and just their own experiences into these like masterpieces of songs and stuff like that's that's a really special skill to have and i think that's you know every artist should be you know aspiring to that i think too like that's that's something that's like really special and definitely yeah um did so you start kind of like expressing yourself through photography you said like later like junior year of high school mm -hmm. um did you ever experience kind of like doubt or insecurity about sharing your work and if so how'd you overcome that Oh, totally. I mean, I would say that I've dealt with that up until I released this book. I mean, I, let's see. I mean, I feel like every photographer goes through the struggles of starting out and taking really terrible pictures and having an Instagram account dedicated to their photography that only like 30 people they know follow. And yeah. you just feel like you're posting into this void and you're like, when is it ever going to happen? Like, and then the and then you know you take one photo that you feel really good about and then you just go back to this huge slump of stuff that you're just like why isn't it working and that's how i was feeling for a really long time and i like i said i bought my camera it was a canon dslr i bought that in 2017 and i was taking pictures a lot you know nothing super crazy there's some stuff that i liked but I just was kind of like, eh. And then I went off to college and I was busy with school and I just didn't have a lot of time to take pictures. And then eventually came the summer of 2019 and I went to go buy some gear at a local camera store. And I was like, wait a minute, what's that? And it was this rinky dink old film camera from like 1946. It was like $20. And I ended up buying it. And that's what totally like changed it for me. And be, there's something about film that is so much more like the scarcity of it makes you think through it a lot more. And that was a really pivotal moment for me where it was like, oh, I can't blow through hundreds of photos, thousands of photos in a day. Like I'm limited to 12 and I am broke. Like I can't afford to just be buying film all the time. And so that was a big thing for me is like, once you hit a great shot on a film camera, you feel unstoppable. And it was, you know, it's very here and there, you know, you'll go through a role and maybe you'll get one photo that you feel really good about. But over time, you know, it starts getting better. Maybe that one turns into two great photos and Finally, that summer, I don't know, I might be skipping ahead, but when I shot the photos for my book, that was the first time that I felt like, wow, I think I really did something here. Like, I felt like confident in it. I really liked it. And I think a lot of it did stem from the expression side of me because it was like I had something that I wanted to convey with this group of photos. And I felt like I'd succeeded at that. Like I didn't have any social media following at the time. Like I was just posting to people from my high school at the time. And it was like, I got five likes on something. I'd be like, hell yeah, mission accomplished. Oh, yeah. No, I relate to that. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like these photos, like I, I felt good about them just for like what they meant to me. And I felt like that was a really big part of it was that I was like, hold on, I need to make these for me and myself only before I can make them for anybody else, because that's where you get your confidence from. I mean, 
to a degree, I think a lot of confidence is just like lying to yourself until you believe it, <laughs> you know, exactly. like you, yeah. and you know, maybe at that point it was like, hold on, I don't have to lie anymore. I like actually really like these. I feel really good about like what I've done. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. No, dude, I love what you just said there too. I, I hope like some sort of paraphrase of that was, was like your lead in or intro to your, uh, to your book, man. Cause that like, that, uh, it's, that touched me in a way, you know what I mean? Like, just the whole thing, <laughs> the lead in with the, you know, you stepped away from photography for a bit and you find this old film camera. It's like storybook. So mm -hmm. I, I say, yeah, no, I love that. And also I could relate to the whole thing with the, the yes, with the five likes, like, because when I first started this podcast, obviously I'm just posting to like a couple friends, you know, my mom and dad. Oh yeah. And like anybody, like anybody that followed the guest or whatever and listened to that because of them. And so mm -hmm. eventually that's sort of a chain reaction and more people catch on. But at, at first, you know, obviously it was just kind of for me and just like to hear from cool people because I, you know, dealt with those same like insecurities and like, thoughts like what, what other people might think and so it's like talking to people like especially in the art space because art is such a vulnerable thing and like yeah. hearing how they overcame like their story their background trying to pull pull that out of them and then in turn if, if I if you can get them to share enough too like they feel they feel better coming out of those conversations and so I've yeah. really taken a liking to you know interviewing because of all those aspects so I think that I can totally relate to what you're saying from that point of view but um and it's funny because until you're a certain amount of time in when like making stuff, you don't realize that when you're starting out, that is the freest you will like ever be because the only expectations you have are from yourself and you are free to change, to pivot at any point in time. And like, once you start getting people like following you, like, whether it's real or not, there is a certain level of like expectation and you feel the need to perform, to present yourself, to present your work in a certain way. And I don't know, I'm just very fond looking back of like the time when, not to say that I can't go out and make what I want to make, but to a degree, it's like, I didn't have to worry about anybody making this sort of thing. And I just being able to do that, I don't know. I don't know if that made any sense at the end there, but <laughs> no, but that is such a great point though. Like that is because nobody even cares if you even do it to begin with when you first start, nobody even cares if you're consistent. It's like, cause nobody's consistent. It's just like, you're just doing it for you. And yeah. then all of a sudden you get followers and especially the bigger, the following, like I'm sure like Peter McKinnon with millions of subscribers. Now he's got yeah. all sorts of input in his comment section. Like, why did you take this? You know, why did you use this editing format? Or it's like mm -hmm. all of a sudden he's got all this, all these voices in his ear. So like, just to use yeah. an example, but like, yeah, I mean, it's just that that's kind of what happens. And like you said, you're freest when you start. So that was a really cool point. But yeah, what, what kind of advice would you give to like a novice photographer on like how to get started? Getting started, man, you can take pictures of anything. Like I think <laughs> like, there, it's a point that I try to make to everybody is like, even like I have friends that have been shooting for a while and they, they'll still get the sort of bug where they're like, 
man, there's like nothing to take pictures of here. Like I need to go to New York or I need to go to Europe or I need to whatever. And it's like, hold on, let's take a step (laughs) back and like simplify it really quick. Like what is like, you don't need crazy, beautiful locations to take great pictures. Like part of the reason why I was able to grow like in within my own photography, the way that I did is if, if I backtrack a little bit in high school, I did, I don't know if you've heard of the running start program, but yeah, yeah, I did that. And I like, wasn't going to high school anymore. I just had my three classes every day. Two of them were online. So I only had like one hour in the day where I had to be anywhere. And the rest of the day I was like, well, what the, what, what do I do? (laughs) And I just had this camera and I was like, okay. And so I was, I mean, I was everywhere from like my parents' house was a long drive and I didn't have money for gas. And so I was limited to just being at home. And I mean, luckily, like we lived in a beautiful area, like Camano Island is great, but a lot of the photos I took was just like in my backyard, like taking pictures of that sort of stuff. Like so, so much of like the most important parts of photography have nothing to do with the actual subjects. Like you can learn how to compose a photo really well with literally anything. Like as long as you take the time to like sit down or maybe not actually sit down, but like to look at something and see it for its shape, see it for its lights, see it for just how it looks really like finding the leading lines and all of that I think is way more important than going and taking pictures of cool places because guess what the the caveat with beautiful locations is it's where everybody wants to go shoot and so like yeah you could go there and never create an original photo I mean is anything original nowadays probably not but like I could go out and take a picture of the space needle and is that going to knock anybody's socks off? Probably not because anybody and everybody that is in Seattle has a photo of the space needle. Like sure, technically it may be better than some of them, but like being able to train your eye to see things on a small scale and in whether it's in your bedroom, in your backyard, whether it's on your street or within your own small town, whatever, like training yourself to see things in these locations is infinitely more important than having something super interesting to take pictures of. Because I mean, if you, if, even if you look at the book that I just put out, it's not pictures of anything like interesting. It's about, it's more about the composition and like the way that it feels and the light and those aren't things that are limited to strictly beautiful locations. So that's, that's my main thing because I get really, <laughs> I, I get very up in arms whenever I hear anybody say that they don't have good pictures because, oh, the place that I live isn't photogenic. Like, yes, it is. Just go outside more. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, great. That's a great, that's a great point. Honestly, um, as, as somebody who's not a photographer and doesn't really know much about it, I'd like, I'm just kind of thinking like what you were saying about those beautiful locations. It's like, yes, there's like a million pictures of those places. And 
it's not as relatable anymore. Whereas yeah. if you like take a picture of like a gas station in like the middle of nowhere, that's like people know what that feels like. People know mm -hmm. what, what that is. And it's there's less of those pictures or just like some room in a house, you know, that's architected a certain way. You know, I just yeah. I find those pictures a lot more interesting and I see that a lot in your work. So I I just like I don't know if that re resonates with you or not. But yeah, yeah, no, that does. And thank you. I, and I think there's something to be said too. like like I was saying earlier, like having something to attach to yourself that connects to you, to your life story, to something that matters to you, like. If you go on a, like, I'm, I'm going to go to New York next month and I could go take a picture of the Empire State Building. Do I personally have any, like, ties to the Empire State Building? Not at all. The only, it, it all matters. The, the, the thing that matters most is how you frame it. Because it's like, I could say, like, let's say I moved to New York and I was only there for a year and I had this set of photos and I put out a book that was like, these are photos from my time when I lived in New York. That is entirely different than if I just went out there to take a picture of the Empire State Building and then I went home, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it, it, it totally matters how you contextualize it and how you tie it in, how you make it important more than just like, look at this cool picture I took of a landmark, you know? So. Yeah, I... I didn't even really realize that. that that that's so true like it's kind of just about how how it's framed and like the background of it and like that's why like captions are kind of important when it's like on social media too i think yeah i i'm i'm gonna fill in one more person uh that has inspired me because that just reminded me of it actually is miles davis and in the same exact vein he has uh he has an album sketches of spain and that is from his time in Spain. And it's totally different than the rest of his discography. You know, he's known for kind of blue and um, uh, bitches brew and all this stuff. And they're all diverse. And, you know, if he just left it as like, I wanted to make music that's influenced by Spain, that's one thing. But if it's like, I lived here and I like brought in like, I experienced this and this is the result of that life experience. Totally different. Anyways. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I, I think, yeah, artists going out of, you know, out of their lane per se is always something I, I find fascinating. I mean, somebody like Kanye West has kind of always done that. And he's always like pissed off people by just doing whatever sure. he wants. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, especially, especially relevant now, but uh <laughs> I mean, yeah. So like, but in terms of like his albums and stuff, it's always yeah, something different. I gotcha. <laughs> and that's somebody who's like, who, who came to my mind when, when I, when I was, were talking about the sketches of Spain and how that's so much different than the rest of it. It's just like, he's reinventing the wheel every single time. And so, yeah. But yeah. Um, what are some of the things you like to do outside of photography? Um, and do those things like reflect in your photos or inspire you in any way? Oh man. Um, if I'm being honest, like, at least right now, <laughs> I mostly just do photos. I mean, I guess I make videos and stuff too, but that all kind of relates back to photos. I, uh, I mean, I'm trying to get into hiking more. Um, is some of that because I want to take cool hiking photos? Yeah, I won't lie. But I think also, I don't know, I'm trying to, 
because I grew up being in nature a good amount and I'm trying to kind of reconnect to that a bit. Um, especially now that I'm in the city so much, but, um, yeah, I, I love music. Like I, I'm really excited because I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of really cool artists, cool musicians. Um, and like being around that, like I've, I've given, I've given making music a try a little bit. I mean, it's absolutely awful, but it's kind of fun being awful at it. Um, and being able to just make something and like pass it over to one of them and be like on a scale of one to 10, how bad is this? And if they say like less than five, I'm like success, <laughs> I'm getting there. Um, and I, I don't know, because I, I really do like take my photography really seriously. And so it's nice having something creative that I don't have to worry about being good at because I don't know I think I've just put a lot of pressure on myself with photography so allowing yourself that sort of space to just make for the sake of making regardless of the outcome I think is really special and I'm I'm trying to get into cooking too for the same reason I mean also it's good to know how to cook so you don't have to eat out <laughs> yeah. all the time <laughs> But oh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I would really say those two. I don't get around to them as much as I would like to, but I'm, I'm trying at least. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. And putting that kind of, and having those outlets besides the thing that you do then taking the pressure off of that thing, I feel like just makes you that much more creative because like that stress and anxiety around it kind of kills the creativity, I think. Yeah. And actually it reminds me because uh, I, I've been showing Yanni how to take pictures and I know that he referenced that and it's kind of the, the inverse, like our situations are inverse. Like I, I'm around him enough that I see like their process for making music and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll give that a try. And then he sees me taking pictures and I, uh, and <laughs> I'll get his film developed for him and I'll pass it a, I'll, I'll be like, Hey, these look cool. And so it's this cool kind of, uh, mutually beneficial thing where it's like we can help each other kind of grow in these things that have no real like I guess impact on like what our main goals are you know so right but it helps you blow off steam and it I mean it all kind of just I mean helps you just kind of become better and more well-rounded I think too so it's really cool that you guys have that relationship and that outlook with each other yeah I think so yeah um what are some of the things that you kind of aspire to accomplish in photography? Like what's kind of your future aim for it? I think, I don't know that, that, that answer changes every month, I think, but (laughs) in the last few months, I think I've really started going in the direction of like, I love museums. I love galleries. Like that is kind of my end goal of how I want to show off my photos. Um, because I don't know, seeing a picture on a screen never does it justice. I don't care how big the screen is. Like you have to see it like ink on paper. Like the first time that I got one of my photos professionally printed that like totally shifted the way that I looked at everything that I was doing. 
it's the, it changed the way that I look at the colors when I'm editing the photos, like being able to hold it in your hand, being able to hang it up on a wall is so crazy that you're able to do that. And I really want to just keep going in that direction. I really want to, I kind of see like exhibitions or galleries as like touring your album. And so I'm trying right now. It's kind of hard to find out how to break into it really, but I'm trying uh, to break into exhibitions. And I would love to do an exhibition on the photos that I took for Sanctuary um, because I love having it in book form, but also being able to like stand in a room and be surrounded by those photos at the same time, I think would be really special as well. And being able to do like limited prints and that sort of thing. So it like, I want, I want it, like if somebody's going to go to the extent to like buy my photos, I want it to be, I want it to feel important. Like I want their, I want them to hold it and be like, there are only like five of these in existence, you know? And so just finding ways to enhance the experience that people can have with my photos is kind of where I'm at right now, because I would love to just have a collection of books to my name, like when I'm an old man and just be able to say like, see that bookshelf? That's all me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of like really solid goals with photography, I can't say I have much, but just in terms of kind of how I want to go about doing it, I think definitely um, in physical form, I'd say. Yeah, and I think that was a really cool answer too. It's nice to know that, you know, people still do like art exhibitions. I always felt like, you know, that that almost seemed like a thing of the past. So it's like cool to see somebody like still doing that. And I'm sure a, a bunch of people do too, but it's nice yeah. to know that that's, that's still something that people do and people, you know, enter into and stuff. It's tough. It's impossible to find ways to get into there. I spent like a few hours yesterday just looking around and I have had no luck so far. So I'm keeping my fingers wow. crossed. No, yeah, I'm. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll get there too. And also, it's probably good that you don't have like a ton of like, like in in three years I'm going to be here, five years I'm going to yeah. be here. Like, because I mean, you know, life life plays out differently than you think it does always. Oh, definitely. But, <laughs> no, I could I could definitely attest to that. But um, yeah, no, it's I I think I think you've got a bright future too. Because I mean, your your, you. your photos are amazing, and I'm not just saying that. I wouldn't have reached out to you if I didn't think they were. And you do great work. So I can't wait to I see where you go. That. Thank you. Of course. Um, who would you love to shoot for or shoot with in the future? Oh, man. <laughs> that is a great question. I mean, I feel like I would love, I would love to shoot an album cover for Frank Ocean, probably. Uh easy answer hopefully on that one. you probably be able to get to it by his next album drop <laughs> <laughs> yeah man if <laughs> yeah, yeah literally but um i think i don't know i i go back and forth honestly i think if i were to shoot for or with anybody i would love 
man, I don't know. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on that. I think, hmm. I don't know. I, it's very easy for me to just say Frank Ocean and Bon Iver. I think, I think my photos would definitely lend themselves to Bon Iver a lot more than they would to Frank Ocean. Not to say that it wouldn't work for Frank. Frank, if you're listening, hit me up. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I Really anybody that would want an album cover, I would definitely be down. <laughs> <laughs> i'm i think I'm, the album cover space is really cool too yeah yeah it's it's been cool being able to give it a go um especially i mean like working with yanni and stuff it's it's cool just being able to like feed off of each other create creatively it has been um really unique experience i yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting because a lot of photography is reliant upon like making stuff for other people. But I think the reason why I'm having a hard time answering that is because I I don't know. I have a job right now. Like photography isn't like my 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 9 to 5 per se. And so I'm still like I can just make stuff for myself. And so I've just been kind of um I don't know. I, I want to make stuff that looks nice on a wall. I don't really care who it's for, <laughs> you know? Well, there we go. That's perfect. What do you do for a job? Uh, I, I'm a data analyst. Oh, no way. Yeah. For what? For who? Uh, I, I prefer not to say, but. Okay. Uh, that's, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I started that last year. It's what I went to school for. So. Got to get the loans paid off, man. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And not to mention, like, I, I salute anybody who does math for a career because, like, I could never, you know. Like... Yeah. It's, I would say it's barely math. I was terrible at math in high school. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's nice having oh, okay. do the math for you. Oh, that's true. That's true. I feel like a lot of it probably is computerized because, like, I, I imagining it from like my perspective, I'm like, I'm, I'm not good at math, man. Like, just props to whoever is. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's why y'all get the big bucks. But yeah, no, that's more Definitely. like engineers. Like, yeah. I, I, I can't understand how people get into that. But. <laughs> <laughs> um. So speaking of uh, sanctuary, like you kind of told me the story of how you got that film camera and started taking pictures of your hometown what what kind of uh message or emotions do you wish to convey through that and how do you feel about the finished product yeah I think uh so for me it was it started off just as me like taking pictures for myself it, the whole thing was like growing up in Stanwood I I'll be honest I like really hate that town like I have no <laughs> desire to like set foot there ever again um <laughs> damn <laughs> i and that that was my issue so I, I i i obviously talk about it in the book but it um it started off as me having these like really conflicted emotions regarding stanwood because it's like you know people love to talk about their hometown and like you know some people love their hometown some people hate their hometown obviously and so for me, it, I, all the pictures were in what I considered to like, in my mind, I was like, this is definitely like the last summer of my childhood. Cause after that, it was like, I was going to be basically done with college. 
Um, I accelerated the process. So I was going to be graduated when I was like 19, 20 ish. And I was just like, this is a weird feeling that I'm having that like, I, I hate this place, but at the same time, I feel like drawn to it because it's still like, it's still my hometown, you know? And so my whole thing was like, for all these photos, none of them are of like landmark locations in the town. And like, I did my best to remove any context in them. Like none of it says like, this is Stanwood. Um, and so for me, it was just about finding things that I could like appreciate in this place that I really don't like. And being able to kind of, I guess, like create my own world out of this like existing place and like it, it's kind of twofold because it's like I made it for myself so I could like heal the, those parts of me that are like damaged from this place and being able to I kind of see the photos as like how I imagine I'll look I'll look back on it in like 30 years because like most of the photos are like golden hour so it's like kind of that like rose tinted glasses sort of thing um, it's just like, imagine, like if I had to look back on this place in a nice way, how would it look? And then on top of that, I wanted to make it, you know, interesting for the, for the, for the viewer, because I wanted it to be like, Hey, if you are sharing in this experience, like if you feel the same way about your hometown that I do, like I've created this place for us to go that like we can call home. and so. That's why I called it sanctuary. That's why, um, like I said, I did my best to not have anything be like landmark Stanwood. Um, not that that's really a thing, but nothing says Stanwood in the book. There's no people in it. There's none of that. It's just a place to call home, essentially. And so that's that's really why I made it. I. Uh, I've been really proud of the photos that I took ever since I took them. Um, for me, I mean, it took me three years to finish mostly because I just had to come up with the right words to say. And it was really like a test of, I guess, like emotional intelligence, just being like, am I capable of saying what I'm feeling? And so you know, I, I'm pretty sure I wrote out the, um, the opener and the closer probably like 10 times. Like I have voice memos in my phone from like, I'm driving home and I like had it come to mind and I recorded it, but eventually I finally got it. And it was just a matter of, um, putting it all together. And so, um, yeah, that's basically the story of Sanctuary. I, uh, and I, I don't mean to like spoil the book, I guess, but like it does come, like it did not end up being the last uh, summer that I spent at home because of COVID and all that. And so um, just, yeah, I don't know. The cover for it was the only photo that I took uh after the initial like period that I was shooting the book and I feel like it perfectly captured everything that I was feeling um 
it captured everything that I wanted the book to really like convey. And so, yeah, I, there, there were times where I thought maybe I wouldn't put it out, but it meant too much to me to not. And I'm really proud of how it's all come together at this point. So I'm, yeah, I'm lucky that anybody bought it, let alone the amount of people that did. And I'm really excited for people to be able to, uh, to look at it, to experience it. So. Absolutely, man. I, I hope I get to check it out myself. Um, is it still available? No, not currently. I, uh... <laughs> I was doing a limited run just because I had no way to gauge how many people would want it. So I was doing a pre-order period. Um, and so the amount of people that ordered is the amount of books that are going to be out there. Um, maybe at some point I will get more, get another, uh, I guess run going, but we'll have to see. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be really cool. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like it was like therapeutic for you from what I was, from what I was hearing with the voice memos and stuff. Oh, totally. It like i think i think the only real way that you can go as an artist is like making stuff for yourself first and foremost because if if you're not making something that like you personally would consume or enjoy then why the hell are you making it to begin with and so mm-hmm. i think um and on top of that just I think it's special being able to make anything, let alone make something that can, that like has the capacity to like heal like previous versions of yourself. And so like, I, I put it on my story just the other day after the uh, sales closed, it was like, you know, obviously this is something that I'm doing right now, but this is more of a win for, you know, pre COVID Matt you know, Matt in 2019, this is for, uh, it's, it goes to show like all of, all of 2019 mats weren't, uh, wait, all of 2019 mats efforts weren't, you know, for nothing. So I think, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been, yeah, I think the best way to say it is it's been therapeutic. It's been very, cathartic being able to do it and i'm excited to do it more honestly mm-hmm. that's that's really special you feel and you feel like it's your best work that you've put out so far yeah yeah i i don't know i've been in such a mindset of like getting that book done that i haven't put a ton of time into the next one but you know now i like i just ordered the books this morning actually and it's like now all I have to do is ship it. So I'm now in the next stages of what am I going to make next? And I, and making cohesive like bodies of photos, I think is special. So I, uh, I'm excited to make the next body, whatever it is. Absolutely. Do you have any inkling towards what that might be? Um, some here and there, nothing super solid or nothing that I could even really like convey right now. I haven't thought it through enough to truly like explain it, but um, I don't know, kind of, 
I'm, I'm thinking of going like twofold of making books that are sort of in the like documentary, you know, traditional photographer, photography books, but also kind of going along the same route as what I was saying about like Miles Davis and just being like, these are photos from this point in time. Like, I feel, I don't know. It's funny. Cause like so much, so much of artists stuff now is on social media that like people know everything about people now. Yeah. And I think being able to close yourself off for a period of time, kind of Frank Ocean style and like, um, be like, Hey, I've been gone for a bit. This is what I've been up to. This is like, let me fill you in on this. Um, like, you know, miles, like, Hey, I was in Spain for X amount of time. This is the music that I made while I was there. And I think, uh, I don't know, being able to disconnect yourself for a while and make, and just like make for the sake of making it is kind of the route that I want to go. Absolutely, man. That's yeah. No, I, I just, that's really cool. And like I said, like, I hope I get to check out sanctuary at some point, just the pictures I've seen are really cool. And thank you for, you know, spending this time with me. Like, I want to acknowledge you for just being really great at what you do and being a really cool and articulate person, you know, to talk thank to you. and talk with. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, thank you so much for having me on here. I, uh, I'm, I'm glad you think that I'm articulate because sometimes my ADHD gets the best of me and I just ramble. So I, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you think that. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't have like diagnosed ADHD or anything like that, but I definitely think conversationally I can get there. Like I'll have a thought and then I'll just start rambling. You know what I mean? Oh I'll just yeah. Be like, Oh yeah. No, it's like something really cool was there that I was like, Oh, I just forgot. And then I'm just like, just going on into nothing. So no, but yeah. I totally, totally understand that and can relate to that. But no, you, you, you sound great. And, um, you had a lot of really interesting points throughout. And so thank you for that. Um, where can people follow you on social media? Yeah. So all my social medias are uh, Matthew Rigg. Uh, Rigg is spelled R-Y-G-H. Um, I believe all of them are just Matthew Rigg together, except for Twitter. There's an underscore in between because some lawyer in California stole it from me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm on uh I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm getting the YouTube going. So all that stuff, a lot of variety going out there. So absolutely. And I'll have all of your uh, social media links with the proper spelling and everything in the bio or the, the transcription of the uh, episode. If anybody needs those or is interested in those, uh, feel free, go down there, take awesome. a look. My final question for you. So as, as you might know, my podcast is called Cutting Edge. So what makes Matt Rigg cutting edge. And basically what I'm asking there, you know, every, every other person and their mom has got their little photo dump account. Um, what makes, uh, what makes your uh, work unique from your perspective? I think, I mean, the same thing that makes me unique is the same thing that makes any artist unique is that I'm just myself. I'm not trying to be anybody else other than myself. I, uh, you know, the photos that you see are photos from my life and i think that's special um i i do my best to shoot on 50 millimeter lenses which um have been said to be the closest focal length to the human eye um that it sounds pretentious but basically what i'm just saying is i do my best to make all my stuff just be like what i see and so um yeah i am always just looking for 
beauty in whatever is around me, no matter where I am. So I, uh, yeah, I hope people resonate with that. Absolutely. I love that answer, man. Um, make sure everybody who's uh, listening, go check out those social links. You know what I'm saying? Like all of them are going to be down there, especially the YouTube. I actually watched a couple of his <laughs> videos and he does a great job. I, I mean, honestly, I know Sweet. you said that it's sort of minimalistic or whatever, but I think some, sometimes those are the best videos and it's like straight to the point and clear. So um, Thank you. Yeah. Make sure you guys follow him, check him out, support his work. And yeah. Thanks again for coming on, man. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It was a great time. Of course. You have a good one. Yeah, you too. Hey guys, for those of you who made it this far, I wanted to thank you all again for listening. And I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as I did having it. Matt's truly one of those amazingly talented photographers, man. Like I really love his work and I'm not super into photography. And so if you guys are into photography, you're going to really enjoy it. So I really encourage that you go check out those social media links that I have posted in the transcription of this episode. And if you want to follow this podcast, go ahead, hit the follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you're listening from. Um, it's going to be available, I think, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music for now. So, And if you want to follow it on Instagram, at Cutting Edge IG, that's at C-U-T-T-I-N-G-E-D-G-E-I-G on Instagram. And then if you want to follow me personally, I'm at Landon underscore Sturdivant. That's at L-A-N-D-O-N underscore S-T-U-R-D-E-V-A-N-T on Instagram. And then my email is LTSturdivant at Yahoo.com. That's L-T-S-T-U-R-D-E-V-A-N-T at Yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you on the next one.